Good evening, everyone, and welcome into a new episode of Sports Today with Francis and Chris, NBA Playoffs Edition. I'm Francis, writing solo for today, but do expect Chris back for next episode to speak on his lovely Knicks. Unfortunately, I can't draw him as hard as I want to after my heat got embarrassed yesterday, but we'll get into that in a few. Also, we'll get into the Nuggets getting their cards right with Joker last night over the Blazers. We had three games scheduled for tonight with the Nets, the Suns, and the Mavericks up one game each over their opponents. And in my opinion, these are the three best playoff matchups all in one night. I'm excited as ever to get it started, so let's go. We're going to start with the worst news, which is the Miami Heat being down 0-2 against the Bucks now. Uh, both games played in Milwaukee with the Bucks having the higher seed. And uh, yeah, there's no easy way to put it. They just got trampled. 132 to 98 with the final score. The Miami Heat were outscored 46 to 20 in the first quarter alone. So they were down 26 points going into the second quarter. It is embarrassing not only to put this um, after being in the finals, NBA finals last year in the playoffs, but to put it against the Milwaukee Bucks who flat out dominated last year. Today um, marks the Fourth loss, I believe, in the last five games against the Bucks for the Heat this year. So, yeah, they've had our number all year long. They've made the adjustments that we're supposed to make, and they've done it against us. Giannis put up 31, 13, and 6, which 31 points, yeah, that's pretty good for Giannis, but it's not incredibly out of the world. And, you know, these, ki- these players are capable of putting bigger numbers. So that wasn't really the problem. A player like Brent Forbes, who I like, a former Spurs player, is not supposed to put up 22 points and 5 on the Miami Heat. And catching fire in that first half, man, it, it was very, you know, embarrassing. It, flat out embarrassing to put up performance out like that. Jimmy Butler, 10 points, the leader of the team. Back-to-back games, very underperforming. It's not, it's not a good look for Jimmy. It's not a good look for the Heat. In my opinion, it's not even a good look for Eric Spolstra. Every time I see the camera pan out to him for his reactions with the Bucks, you know, just dominating, running wild. I, I don't see that fire in him as much as I want to. And obviously, Eric is one of the top five, maybe, coaches ever in NBA history. And I feel like he, he isn't as aggressive as he should be on this team. I don't know what's happening in the locker room. I don't know what he's saying to them. And obviously it worked last year. Reflecting on it today, on our season, very uh, underwhelming as well. It's, it's just not enough. And I think he really has to poke the bear to uh, defeat this Bucks team because they're up 2-0 against the Heat. And it's not like these games have been close after the first one, you know. It's not like this game was close, it's better said. Because it wasn't from the start, as I already mentioned. And the Heat should be able to be competing with this team. Like, the Bucks have good players on paper. Obviously, they have Antetokounmpo and Middleton. But Middleton only put 17 points up uh, last night. Brooke Lopez only has 7 points. Drew Holiday, uh, yeah, he had the 15 assists, but only the 11 points. So, it's not like this was a performance where Milwaukee just flat out had every player catching fire. It's just, in my opinion, it was a bad defending it was a bad attitude from the team as well. Man Matabaya was also another player which we rely on. 16 points, 3 and 4. Not enough, man. It's not. And after that first game, I wanted a band to be more aggressive in this one. 
And yeah, he scores slightly more points, but that is not what we demand of our best players. I remember last year, what we said against the Lakers, which was very true, was the injuries depleted our team with Bam going down. And it was really just Jimmy against the world, against the Lakers of all teams with LeBron and AD. It, and now we can't use that excuse because practically everyone on our roster, except for Oladipo, who got injured again, unfortunately for him, and is out for the rest of the season, we have everyone we need. Uh, Oladipo was a late addition to the team, so that's not really an excuse we can rely on. And I got, I got a, oh my God, I, Ariza and Iguodala are two players who were brought into this organization that once they were brought in, I had the highest of hopes, especially Iguodala. Iguodala has been absolutely disappointing for me. As someone who watches and monitors the Heat on a daily basis, I, I've seen Iguodala's performances last year as well. And they say, you know, a player like him is brought in for their mentality, for their veteran leadership and all of that. But at the end of the day, he's not another Udonis Haslam who was just a leader locally, you know, trying to spark the fire in the team. He's a player uh, with 14 minutes only putting up two points. And Ariza even worse. Zero points on 19 minutes. Ariza got me excited as well because him, like Iguodala, are players that are who should be able to score haven't really shown it as of late but they also have a defensive presence with them where they can lock down they should be in theory locking down the best player on the other team and having them as well as jimmy as well as bam that's already four of the best defenders on this league and still getting blown out by um the bucks is unacceptable to me it's really not uh what the miami is known for with their performances over the year, with their reputation they built up, is not. And the Heat didn't win a single quarter. As I mentioned, they're one in four against the Bucks in their last five games. The Bucks shot forty-two percent from three, and the Heat shot twenty-nine percent. Very poor. What really took me by surprise is that the Heat actually had less turnovers in this game. How is that even possible after you just got smacked by thirty-four points? 11 to the 15 was the turnover ratio. Um, it's very surprising, but it's not over yet. You know, it's 0-2, the Heat, with their grit and their grind, and which I expect to be a much better performance in the home games, is not going to let up. I, I do see the Heat winning this game three. Hope it doesn't come back to bite me in the butt. I don't know about game four, but they definitely have to win that game if they want to come back. 3-1 down to the Bucks and the way that they've just been manhandling us is, yeah, there's no more chance. As much as an uh, optimist as I can be for the Heat after their run last year, it's just not going to happen this year with that with any more of that performance. Jimmy and Bam, it goes without saying, they have to step up. The supporting cast as well. In this last game, uh, Goran Dragic put up 18 points and Dwayne Dedman, <laughs> of all people, put up 19-9. and nine. Very solid. That's what we expect from them. Everyone else, Duncan Robinson, 10. Kendrick Nunn, 9. And again, Trevor Ariza, no points. These are the players which we rely on. Of course, Tyler Harrell with 4 points. Nothing, basically. We, we, we can't just rely on our two leaders. But if our two leaders don't show up, that's not going to be a good attitude for the rest of the team. And it goes without saying that the way that the Bucks have been playing against the Heat, they don't need much more... Uh, Room. They don't need more help from the Heat to take this series. 
People are saying sweep. I would definitely not go that far. That's not happening. Jimmy would rather die before getting swept in the playoffs. I don't see that happening. But like I said, the Heat, if they want any chance, obviously game three is uh, crucial to win. But game four, just as crucial. Because it's, again, if they go down 3-1, I do not see them coming back. So moving on to the Nuggets and the Blazers series. Uh, it's even now at one apiece. With the Nuggets winning last night and the Joker, you know, just being the Joker. Uh, the Nuggets won 128-109. to 109. Joker put up 38-8-5. Of course, my my front runner for MVP, sorry Steph. And sorry Embiid, jo- Joel Embiid was my front runner for most of the season until he started missing games. Unfortunately, that's very important for the MVP race. And Curry, one-man team, really, for the Warriors this year, but... Uh, early elimination, I know MVP doesn't count in postseason, but to me, it's just been Joker all around because Joker's numbers for a big man have been impressive, like triple-double or near in every single game, really. So for me, it's Joker. But to go back to last night, the Blazers didn't win a quarter either. And Damian Lillard, much was said about his first half with the three-pointers, which he caught fire. I think he made eight three-pointers in the first half alone. But then he followed that up with one in the second half. I believe he only scored uh, 10 points in the second half as well. Someone can correct me on that. That's just not that's not enough. He ended up with 42, 10, and 4. But uh, again, 42 is great. And 10, 10 assists is great as well. Especially for Lillard, who isn't really known as his for his assists. But after being that hot and being flat out put out <laughs> uh, in the second half... That's not going to do well for the Blazers' hope to win this series. And CJ put up 21 points. That's all well and good, but it's not enough, especially against the Nuggets. And they're without Jamal Murray. I'm very surprised that they beat the Blazers the way they did last night. But it just shows that Joker, that coaching staff, uh, Mike Malone, Michael Porter Jr., who was stepping up, Paul Millsap, uh, Aaron Gordon, a late addition, um, they're just all playing their part. They did that yesterday, and it proved to be enough to tie the series up. For me, who who was very disappointing was Carmelo Anthony, who only put up five points yesterday. And the little that I saw of this game, he was not playing his defensive role um, as well as he should have. Uh, I know that that's a reputation that has followed him from early on in his career, especially in the Knicks. But he's definitely improved on that as of late. Yesterday, it didn't show, though. Covington is another player who did not show up yesterday. Three points in 37 minutes. I know that his role is to defend as well, but this team did beat you 128-109, to so how much defending was really done yesterday? Uh, as I mentioned, the supporting cast from the Nuggets all played well. Millsap, Gordon, Campazzo, and uh, Morris, Monte Morris, uh, put up double digits. And that's what you need to win against this team. The team that is better than you on paper. But on the other hand, the Blazers supporting crew, Nurkic. I heard this from his first take today with Stephen A. Smith. It has all the points in the world that he brought up. Seven points for Nurkic. 13 rebounds to a lesser extent. Seven points is not enough, obviously, for someone of Nurkic's caliber. Someone who they were missing last year and we were all resenting that. And now he's back. And now he's not, he's not playing as if he's actually back. It's not enough 
And Jokic, we all know Jokic is great and everything. But Nurkic is almost the same size. And I would believe he's stronger than him. He has a bigger, broader build. I would believe that he's able to post up Jokic. And that's just not enough. Jokic flat out outplayed him. Of course, he's MVP frontrunner for me, as I said. But that's just not enough. And that's not the performance that we need uh, from the Blazers if they want to beat this team that's basically only playing with one superstar and their other one out for the rest of this playoffs. Uh, from the supporting cast on the Blazers, Anthony Simons, three points. Derek Jones Jr., two points. Uh, Ennis Cantor, four points. It's not enough. They're going to get home court now. Uh, and that's going to be very important. Home court is very important in the playoffs of all scenarios. So we have to see what's going to show up when they go back to Portland. In this game, the Blazers did lead in some categories. They, they had a 49% from three. 82% from the free throw line. They out-rebounded the Denver Nuggets 40-35. to 35, And they uh, got seven blocks. They all Those are all the leading categories that the Blazers had over the Nuggets. So that's optimistic, right? But we also have to remember, the Nuggets this year, very dominating. They were 25-11 and 11 at home and 22-14 and 14 away. Just as good away as they are at home. So it's going to take Portland's A game to really take this lead again and not uh, let uh, Jokic and the Nuggets beat them again. Because really, as I mentioned, the Nuggets are a one-man crew right now with the supporting cast putting up you know their little role-player positions. But yesterday, that was enough for them. The Blazers on paper have better stars on their team. And they have about the same uh, supporting cast. So this should not be an outright conclusion that the Nuggets are going to win game three. So we have to wait uh, if the Blazers respond. So now on to the tonight's games. We have Nets and Celtics, Suns and Lakers, and we have Mavs and Clippers. The first game that uh, I'm going to look at is the Nets and Celtics, which was very exciting. I could not wait for this series. You know, Kyrie playing his former team. And the big three, of course, uh, playing in the playoffs together for once. And they showed up. Uh, the big three put up 82 combined points. 32 from KD, 29 for Kyrie, and 21 for Harden. And their supporting cast didn't do as much, but it wasn't needed. When, when you had three of the best scorers of all time on the same team, the rest of the players basically have to be just there and defend and not let uh, any of Celtics stars go off. Joe Harris had 10 points, and Blake Griffin had one. I, I'm going to need a little more from Blake. I'm not, I'm not sure that the Celtics are going to let the, the big three go off again because um, they're obviously going to have to make some adjustments and see who they can shut down. And Blake is just going to be pivotal at one point in this series. I see it now. Blake is going to have to have a good game to, to give the Nets uh, a win in this series because... They're going to try to lock down one of these players. And they're not always on the court at the same time. That's what I've noticed. Uh, Coach Nash either has um, uh, KD and Kyrie or Harden and KD at one point. The the minutes that they play together is very minimal. But from the Celtics side of things, Tatum had 22 points and Smart had 17 and 5. And then Kemba had 15 points. That's not enough. We obviously know that the Nets' big three is much better 
on paper at least, and the Celtics' big three, especially without Jalen Brown, who's not even going to play in this series because of his season-ending injury. But what I noticed from the Celtics is they were up six at halftime. So they were doing pretty well, at least to start this game. But uh, Brad Stevens' team just let the Nets go off in the third quarter, beating them 31-20, to and then winning the fourth, 26-20. It's, um, you can't give this team any any room to come back at you. Literally, any team with KD. KD did not have the best start in his career. Definitely not. He was missing shots that he usually makes. And in this game, he didn't make them. To start off, at least. But then, obviously, he finished with 32 points. So, he must have done something right. And Tatum, we know what you're capable of. You scored 50 the other day. It, it's kind of selfish, but... We need you to do more of that. Because if you don't, you have no shot. Kemba Walker has been somewhat of a letdown uh, since coming from the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, He's not been himself. And Kyrie obviously outperformed the last time they played each other. And Smart Smart is there. 17-5 is very solid for Smart. And obviously with his defensive presence. But I see Evan Fournier put up 10 points. Tristan Thompson put up four. You know, Jabari Parker put up nine. So that was pretty uplifting. You know, he was having his first action in the playoffs in a while. Robert Williams is someone that really put up a great performance. He had that those 11 points and nine rebounds and seven blocks all on his own. That was very, uh, you know, optimistic for the Celtics. He had a great performance. But this next game... It's going to be hard, but you have to do it. You have to contain the big three. I think the most deadly player from there is KD. Obviously, I think he's the best player right now in the NBA. So, it's easier said than done, but you have to contain him. Throw two at him, and then live with the consequences. It's I mean, it's going to happen eventually. Because Kyrie can do his thing, Harden can do his thing. But at least try to eliminate the biggest threat, which is Kevin Durant. Kyrie has off nights. And Harden only put 21 points, so it's nothing crazy. But he he has had a change of role since coming to this team. KD is the one who very rarely has an off night. If you can lock him up, and then, as I mentioned, Blake Griffin only had one point, And Joe, you know, it's hard leaving Joe open in the corner. He's going to make you pay. But it's something that you're going to have to do. If you don't take my word for it, at least take one. You have to double team someone. You can't have single coverage for three of the best players of our generation. And then Blake Griffin also, uh, like I said, he's going to have to step up eventually. So he's not going to be putting up one point this whole series. I think it's going to take a team effort, obviously, to stop this team. And if the Celtics don't, they're going to get swept. Just like that. Because obviously you're missing Jalen Brown and a pivotal piece to your team. So... You have to at least make up for it on defense, containing this team. 104 points isn't crazy in this in this NBA. But uh, like I've mentioned, uh, without um, shutting down one of their key offensive players, you don't have a chance in this game, in my opinion. Moving on to the Suns and Lakers. The Suns showed up. I was happy for that. You know, I've been secretly rooting for the Suns for the longest time. And if you don't believe me, that's why I'm a Dragic fan. From when he played with Bledsoe and Isaiah Thomas. And when the Morris twins were there. You know, I go way back. <laughs> so 
So I'm excited for th- this new uh, movement. And CP3 obviously had that MVP contention in the beginning of the season because the Suns would definitely not be here if it wasn't for his presence. Yesterday, though, uh, that can't be said. But we'll get to that. The Suns won 99-90 to in their home court. Uh, obviously, the Lakers get there after winning their play-in match against the Warriors. And they played the Suns. Booker went off for 34-8-7. And DeAndre Ayton put out 21 and 16. Very impressive from those two. Uh, they were the two that needed to step up in this game, and they did. They played their part. Cam Johnson and Michael Bridges were two players who also played their part, making clutch shots, clutch threes, and being on the defensive end as well. Something that I noticed was that they put Jay Crowder on AD. And of course, AD beats him on height, but Jay Crowder is a dog, you know. We all know this if you watch the NBA. He's physical and he'll flat out, you know, he's on your back 24-7. Around the clock on, on defense. And obviously, if you have someone uncomfortable, especially AD who has missed a lot of games this season and definitely wasn't himself yesterday, um, you're going to have an effect. And it showed. AD put up 13-7. and seven. LeBron James had 18-10-7. and seven. So, though LeBron... We know um, tri- triple-double almost. But you already know what to expect from the fans. A triple-double is not enough if you put up 18 points now. Because as a leader of this team, you have to lead by example. And 18 points is not going to cut it. Especially, you know, CP3 got out of this game for a bit after getting hurt. And he was not himself when he returned, that's for sure. He had a really bad game in my opinion, and you can't afford to do that against this Lakers squad again. As poor as AD and LeBron played last night, well, last time they faced each other, I don't expect that again, especially not from AD. Uh, I believe the last time they faced before this game one matchup in the playoffs, AD went for 42 points, I believe. Especially with the team undersized like the Suns. Aiden is big, but he's not big. <laughs> you know, he's tall and he, he can block shots, obviously, but someone with AD's playing ability who can do everything on the court when he's on fire, he can post you up, and he can overpower uh, Aiton, who wasn't even primarily defending him, especially if it's Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, as I said, he plays big. He's a dog and everything, but with AD's size, you should be able to at least put some hook shots, hit some shots over him from, like, uh, you know, mid, uh, mid-range shots. You should be able to do that. Drummond had 12-9. That's good and all for a bench player. Which Drummond kind of is playing that role with the, with the Lakers. I need more from that. I need more from Drummond. Because it's a big three, quote-unquote, in at the Lakers now with Drummond, AD, and LeBron. All these numbers, no one's hit 20. Have you noticed that? No one hit 20 for the Lakers. That's not something that you need to continue in this playoffs. Especially against the Suns team. Who is just rolling right now. It's just not enough. It's not going to be enough against this team. Because the Suns look like they're playing with a purpose this year. Devin Booker is locked in. He's getting into the playoffs for the first time in his career. In the NBA. And he's not letting go of it. They've been waiting for this moment for a while. And now that it's here. Like they're ready to take it all this year. And I don't know. I don't know if I would go that far for the Suns. I don't know if they're really going to make it out of the West. But taking down the Lakers is definitely a good step in the right direction. 
Then from there, I think their biggest threat will be the Jazz, who lost their opening game without Donovan Mitchell. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see what the Suns play out. But the Lakers, if they want to avoid that, they have to win the second game. There's no if ands, or buts about it. It's going to be in the Phoenix Suns arena again. You have to win a clutch away game in this playoffs because without it, even if it's the Lakers, even if it's LeBron, he's coming towards the end of his career now. He's not the same player. So these wins matter. Early in, I know, but it matters. Game two is a must, in my opinion, for the Lakers if they want any chance in coming back in this series. Lastly, it's the Clippers and the Mavericks. Oh my God, this game, this matchup was so underrated, but it definitely showed why I was so excited for it. Doncic is a bad man. 31, 10, and 11 against the Clippers with defenders like PG-13 or Playoff P, as we now know him, and Kawhi Leonard, and he still went off, and he was the best player on the court, no doubt about it. I was excited. And it proved to be very promising. It just made me happy to see this game play out. Because the Mavericks are another team I've been liking for a while. Because of Dirk Nowitzki and Jason Kidd. Vince Carter. You know that era. And now it's Tonchik's team. And he's definitely leading by example. Especially in this game 1 matchup. He did not disappoint. Tim Hardaway Jr. put up 21 himself. And who did it somewhat disappoint was Chris Sops, who only put up 14-4. Luckily, they won that game. But again, as we've seen in, the, in these other series, I don't see that being the case again if Chris Sops doesn't show up. Players like Jalen Brunson and Josh Richardson, to a lesser extent, played their role as well. Uh, 15 points for uh, Brunson and 8 for Josh Richardson. They played key minutes when Doncic was out of games. Some... Uh, pretty bad foul calls in my opinion, but Doncic was getting in early foul trouble. And Brunson picked up um, where uh, Doncic left off. So they're playing their role perfectly. Dorian Finney-Smith, who was a very underrated player in this league. 18 points and 5. For some casuals, many of you who are casuals out there. Who think the Mavericks are a one-man team. Or a two-man team with Chris Ops. You're pretty mistaken. Dorian Finney-Smith has been playing like this for a while. Tim Hardaway Jr. as well. And Maxi Kleba, he can make shots when they count, as we've seen before. So this team is wrecking ball that just played better than the Clippers in this game. And they had their they had their uh, moments of glory when Kawhi absolutely <laughs> you know posterized Maxi Kleba on that dunk. That was exciting even for me and my mouth dropped. But at the end of the day they didn't win this game. And Kawhi put up 26, 10, and 5. Kawhi Somewhat showed up. He can do better than that, but he's not the problem here. Playoff P, 23-6-5. Solid, but not not enough. It's just not going to be enough. And against this one guy from Europe who is 22 years old, he outperformed you guys flat out. Better numbers than both. This series, that doesn't matter. Doncic is just taking it. Taking it to the Clippers. He owns them. Players that have to step up are the role players as well. Rondo, Batum, and Beverly all combined for 32 points. And that's good for a normal team. A normal team without key figures as role players. Who so, you know, if Terrence Mann was Rondo or Batum or Reggie Jackson, I, I'd be okay with that. But 
They're not. These are players who are very well known for playing their part. And Marcus Morris, a starter, put up four points. Ivaka Zubac, their big man, put up eight points. We're seeing a trend in these losses from these teams. Their, their uh, supporting cast is just not showing up. We see Kawhi and Paul George put up decent numbers for their reputation. But in the playoffs, this isn't a regular season game where that, that can go. That can go by. You can get a win. And it doesn't matter. Move on to the next game. This is a home game. Staples Center for the Clippers. And they just got beat. Flat out. Um, positives. They lost 113 to 103. 10-point game. So, if you had more stops, you probably would have won this game. The Clippers just... Uh, for, for them to have hope in this game, they need to obviously try to contain Luka, 22-year-old. Maybe, you know, that would be a good start. Not allowing him to go for a triple-double again. That that would be good for the Clippers. That's what you should rely on. Luka just turned 22 in February. <laughs> it's crazy how good he is at this age. But the Clippers, if they want any hope, they have to double him. And I know for Luka, that's pretty a pick-your-poison-like because he's a great passer. You're just going to have to live with it. At the end of the day, I think Russell Westbrook said it the other day when asked on what's the hardest thing about a triple-double. And he thought it was the assist because he rely on the other players to make the shots. That's very true. And these players can make the shots as they've shown in this first game. But it's, it's going to be something that you have to live with if you want to try to shut down the Mavericks. Because without Luka, I did say they're not a one-man team, but without him, their leader, I don't see the other guys going for a triple double with 30 points. I don't see that. So for the Clippers, if they want to minimize Luca's presence on their on this team and tie up this series in Staples Center before they go over to Dallas where Mavericks have the home court advantage, they have to shut down Luca. And easier said than done, but that's why they have uh Tyron Lue there. That's why they got rid of Doc Rivers to plan this out. And see if this is their year where they finally make the Western Conference Finals at the very least. For today's episode, that's going to be it. I'm very excited about this playoffs, except for the My Heat, who are underperforming. But we'll get there. I hope so. <laughs> but until then, tune into Sports Today with Friends and Chris. Chris will be alongside me hopefully next time. And you're going to hear our, both of our perspectives on these NBA playoffs. And hopefully we have more exciting matchups to discuss. Thanks as always, guys.